Hi everyone, welcome to our weekly sermon from New Life Community. In this week's message, I will be answering the question, Who am I? Let's go ahead and jump right in. We started a series last week. Josh kicked us off so well last week. Uh, Fantastic job of encouraging us to believe and affirm that we are wonderfully made. No mistakes. God doesn't make mistakes. He's perfect. He's perfect. We, it's a core belief. And, and if, if God's perfect, then God does not make any mistakes. And therefore, we are all wonderfully made. No mistakes. You know, that may have been spoken over you. You're a mistake, or you're an accident, or you're a surprise. And and uh, those words can be used sometimes in, in a fun way, but they also can be used in hurtful ways, and they can, the enemy can twist them. Well, I'm here this morning again to remind us, you are wonderfully made, no mistakes. God loves us. You know, we get it wrong, right? We get it wrong, broken relationships and stepping outside of God's plan, stepping outside of God's best for us. But every single one of us were wonderfully made by Him. And uh, Josh shared this passage last week, Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. For you created my inmost being. The psalmist is writing this. He's just, he's reflecting on his existence. He's reflecting on on his relationship with God. And he says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. He's recognizing, yep, mom had a part in it, dad had a part in it, but God was intricately doing the work of design and creation. He says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That, that fearful word there isn't like scared. That fearful is honor. It's this sense of being, being made honor and, and, and the awesomeness of God. I am fearfully made. I am awesomely made. I am made by a, by a God who is so much bigger than the science behind all of, of what it takes to make a person. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And when we really believe this, when we really believe passages like Psalm 139, 13, and 14, it makes an incredible difference in our lives. When we can accept that we are wonderfully made, it can change everything in our lives. You can't help but really want to live. Not just live, not just exist. You can't help but really, really, really want to live if you deeply understand how loved you are. If you deeply understand that you are not a mistake and that God has plans and purposes for you, you can't help but really want to live. And that's why we want to, we want to drill down into identity over the next number of months. We want to drill down into, into a solid base of who am I. And so we're going to literally, May, June, July, and August, we're going to be digging into who am I. And I'm really, really, really excited about it because really living and understanding these things includes living on purpose, not just existing. 
living on purpose. And I think, I mean, I walk around here again seven days a week. I watch people coming in and out. And I get so excited because I think if every single one of us, every single person that comes in and out of new life throughout the week, if, if they could really start to understand and live on purpose the difference that we could make, the difference that we could make in this region, the difference, the ripple effect it would make across this state, literally, and, and then around the world. And I want us to start feeling, thinking, dreaming that big. Turn to Ephesians chapter 10, or sorry, Ephesians 2 verse 10. There is no chapter 10 in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Ephesians 2 10. And that's where we're going to kind of be this morning. For we are God's workmanship created. For we are God's, we are His workmanship. Let's hold Let's stop there for a minute. We are God's workmanship. Have you ever watched somebody build something? The time, the attention. You know, I've watched people who throw things together. (laughs) I've eaten some things that have been thrown together. But when you see somebody who's actually like crafting something. One of the things Maureen and I love is pottery. And I've I've been fascinated with pottery. I've got a number of pottery mugs and different pieces of pottery because watching a person on that potter's wheel in their hands, you know, there's a show we like to watch on HGTV where, where he makes furniture and watching him turn things on the wood lathe he turned a whole round table this, in one of the shows this week. I've never seen anybody actually turn a table this big on a lathe. And, and how he just so intricately used the tools. We are God's workmanship. God doesn't throw things together. God has intricately in, 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 in this creative and amazing you know, mind of his and his hands have touched. You are God's workmanship, not thrown together, not an accident, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's the English standard version. For we are God's workmanship, you know, I want to share a part of our 2025 vision. We have this vision that we want to see, things that we want to see, things that we believe God wants to do here at New Life by 2025. We believe that we best demonstrate the love of Jesus as we grow to be like Him through serving. Sacrificial serving changes the atmosphere of our community because it is so counter-cultural. Our culture around us is all about getting. It's all about me. And we believe here at New Life, believe that God calls us not 
not to receive as much as to give, and in giving we receive. It's countercultural. We want NLC, New Life Community, to be a place where being good neighbors is fully lived out. That word fully is really important. Not just being a good neighbor, but being a good neighbor fully. Living that out fully. Through serving everyone who enters our buildings, serving our resident partners, serving our neighbors, we bring transformation healing and hope. By 2025, we believe we will together celebrate, first of all, every NLC family member doing one good deed every day. Have you heard me talk about that? Those of you who are new, obviously you haven't, but anybody else should almost every day on my daily chat Almost every time you see me anywhere on Facebook or writing, it's a call to do a good deed. To go outside of ourself and to bless somebody, to serve somebody. I thought about, there's all these, these um, like, encouragements and journals, the gratitude journals and, you know, uh, 1,000 days of thankfulness. And I thought, what if we started our good deed journal? And again, it's not about checking the list off. It's about honoring God and who he's created us to be. But we just started taking note of how we are being good neighbors every day and the good deed we do every day. Again, not for our glory, but for God's glory. One of our other things that we want to see by 2025 is 80% of our students and adults serving in some way. Well, we just like, you just witnessed, you know, like 100% almost of our kids this morning serving in some way, shape, or form. And again, we all have a part to play. And serving isn't just here on Sunday morning, but ministry happens seven days a week. That's why we want to see being good neighbors fully lived out. That's ministry. Ministry isn't just greeting, although that's really important. It's not just being a kid's ministry, although that's really important. It's about being a good neighbor seven days a week. That's ministry. What's it going to take? What's it going to take to do what we were created to do. And that's where I want to go this, this, for this next little bit. What's it going to take to be a person created to do good works? Because all of you, myself included, we're created to do good works. You're created to make a difference. You're created to be world changers. You're like, well, now you're going way too far. That's a little bit too big of a dream. No, we are. We change the world around us one right choice at a time, right? So what's it going to take? And, and I hope I'll mention this, but we have these amazing little books called Who Am I? And that's what we're basing this series off of. And if, if you haven't got one, you'd like one, they're available after the service at the connection table. Uh, dear friend, 
Sharon Simmons wrote this book, and it was forwarded by Steve Brown, another good friend of mine. And um, in here, there's reflection questions and ways to go deeper and to journal. And, and uh, so I encourage you, if you haven't got one, get one. Um, they're out there. But I want to look at what's it going to take. First thing it's going to take is attention. It's going to take attention. If we're going to do the things that God's created us to do, if we're going to be the people that are, that are serving and changing the world around us, it's going to take some attention. First of all, we've got to be attentive to, to God's presence and God's activity. Again, if, if we just walk out of here, I'm going to do a bunch of good stuff, then we're going out with already the wrong, the wrong motivation. Because Ryan can't do anything that's going to make a difference apart from God. I can do some good things that might have a little bit of impact, but when I serve out of who God created me to be in order to bless him first and foremost, then it becomes supernatural, not natural. And I don't know about you, but I want supernatural, not natural. I see enough natural I need more supernatural. I need to see more supernatural. Are you with me? And when God starts working through us who he created, his workmanship, and we start doing good works as his workmanship, supernatural change happens. But we have to be attentive to him. So all of, it comes back to intimacy and relationship with God. We've got to have our attention on God. God, what are you doing in the world? Henry Blackaby, amazing man of God, great teacher, wrote the Experiencing God material. He says this, watch to see where God is working and then join him in his work. Absolutely simple, absolutely earth-shattering. Look for where God's working and then join him. Don't, don't just try and go and do a bunch of work. Look for where God's already active. That's why our attention needs to be on God, so that we can go do what God's doing. We join Him in it. That's why it's so important that we start to understand who we are. What are our spiritual gifts? You know that God has given each of you a spiritual gift or multiple spiritual gifts? Some of you know what they are. We have, a, we have a class here called Growing Leaders, and we start to actually dig those out and discover what our spiritual gifts are. So that we can line up who we are with what God's doing in the world. Knowing our spiritual gifts. Knowing what, what are our passions and our abilities. Some of us have experienced things that are absolutely horrible. Some of us ha have experienced things that, that we would not wish on anybody. But we've experienced them. And you know what? God will use those experiences to work healing and restoration and hope in the world. God doesn't waste the pain. God brings healing and then he brings restoration and hope through it. We need to understand and be attentive to who God is and his activity in us and then through us. Second thing, we got to be pay attention, we got to be engaged. We got to be engaged. Engaged first in relationship with God. Holy Spirit. We have to be engaged with Holy Spirit. Outside of Holy Spirit filling up this container, it's all human. 
<laughs> all human. And human nature and sinful nature. And if Ryan does Ryan without Holy Spirit, it's ugly. But when Holy Spirit is allowed, when we're engaged with Holy Spirit and God's Spirit, it's God's Spirit. When, when Holy Spirit fills us up, it pushes out. He, he takes out all of the, 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 the wrong, Ryan, and brings to life the Ryan that he created, his workmanship. And so the more engaged we are with Holy Spirit, we're active, we're, we're asking for him to fill us. Less of me, more of you. And, and we're in conversation. Holy Spirit's known as the counselor. He's known as the one who empowers. He gives us the power to, to walk. He gives us the power to fight. Some of you are fighting amazing fights right now and you're getting victory. It's not because you're awesome, it's because Holy Spirit's awesome in you. And as we continue to be engaged with Holy Spirit, He empowers us to continue to walk and serve and move. And so we've got to be engaged. Again, I love what Henry Blackaby says. He says, will God ever ask you to do something you are not able to do? The answer is yes, all the time. It must be that way for God's glory and kingdom. If we function according to our ability alone, we get the glory. If we function according to the power of the Spirit within us, God gets the glory. He wants to reveal Himself to a watching world. God wants to reveal Himself to the people around you. And He'll use you to do that. That should be a little bit humbling, but pretty awesome. It's not up to me. It's up to the Spirit in me, and God is going to make Himself known through you and me. We've got to be engaged with Holy Spirit, but we've got to be engaged in relationships and conversation. We cannot be a people who go to work, come home, drive into the garage, and then just do home. We've, we've got to be engaged. I was talking to Gina earlier, and she had five, um, five air conditioners, and uh, and she wanted to make them, you know, available. And, and we never got a chance to connect in order to get them over here to, uh, to the church for lifestyle. And part of me was like not feeling rushed on it. Well, one of the cool things is, is she has new neighbors move in. She got to connect with them. She engaged with her new neighbors who had absolutely no air conditioners. Six weeks, six months pregnant, six weeks pregnant, whatever. Six months, and you know how hot it was there a couple weeks ago. She was able to bless them with five air conditioners for their house. It's because she was engaged. She didn't need them. They're there. She engaged. She saw the need. She heard the need. She could meet the need, and she stepped in. She was attentive to what God was doing. She joined him in it. She engaged with Holy Spirit. And, and, and then you didn't know you did all that, did you, Gina? Like, it's a boom, 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 boom. And, and, and then she engaged in conversations where she was able to hear. And that happens all the time. We've just got to take the next right step. And so what's the next right step? Third thing is we've got to extend ourselves. We've got to extend ourselves. We've got to get out of our comfort zone. We've got to get out of our box. We've got to get out of our own head. 
It's like the Good Samaritan, you know, that we read about. Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan. Man was beaten up. He's laying for dead. You know, a couple others, priest, Levite, they walk by. They, 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 for ceremonial reasons and cleanliness and whatnot, all kinds of nonsense, they didn't touch him. They didn't want to help him. But then a walks by this Good Samaritan who, who was actually of a different nationality, hated one another. And yet he saw in compassion, he extended himself, he, he bent down, he cared for his wounds, he took him, he took him to a place where he could be taken care of and nursed back to health and he paid for it. We need to extend ourselves as Holy Spirit leads. Some of you just want to extend yourself. Again, bad idea. That's the way to burn out. But when we extend ourselves as Holy Spirit leads, it's God's glory. It's eternal purposes. And you know what? One of the coolest things, I don't mind bragging on us, being a part of NLC, we are perfectly positioned to do this. Perfectly positioned to continue to extend ourselves out of our comfort zones, walking with people, helping people, bringing about God's kingdom here on earth. It's not an accident. It's on purpose. We need to extend ourselves. And then fourthly and finally, we need to not be doing it for ourselves. We need to be doing it for the purpose of joy. Jesus even went to the cross serving us, and it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Joy. It's not just about happiness. It's not about a feel-good. It's about doing it because God said to do it. God's created me to do it. God has purposed you to be a part of his kingdom here on earth. And, and the joy is doing what God wants and says. The joy is saying, I listened and I was obedient. That's the joy part. Not that I did a good deed. That's great. We want to celebrate that, but that's not the main deal. The joy comes from saying, I follow Jesus today. I heard God speak and I stepped in. I saw God active and I joined him. And look what God did. Look at what God did. He did this. He did this. I didn't do this. He did this. And we celebrate God. And man, does that ever bring joy? Does that ever bring joy? But if I have to try and do it on my own, if I have to keep trying to figure out what to do next, it, it feels burdensome. It feels heavy. It's not joy-filled. It's wearying, isn't it? It's tiring. But man, when we're joining God... And we just say, man, Father who created me, I'm his workmanship, and I'm doing good works that he purposed for me. Oh, does it, ever, does it ever feel good to follow him? Does it ever feel good to join him? Does it ever feel different serving out of who he created me to be? It's not about doing more, working harder. I, I was there and did that, tried to do that. 
many times, but specifically after cancer, about three and a half years ago, maybe four, I'd been out, stem cell transplant, all the ugly, a number of you witnessed, and there was a part of me inside felt like I needed to perform, I needed to earn back, I needed to do, I needed to, because I, I was out, and it was, there was just this funk that I was, who am I, and what am I doing, and, and I tried working real hard, and I'd get tired, and people would say, slow down, and I'd listen, and then I'd do it again, and somebody would say, you're doing too much, and I'd listen for a minute, I've been there. I, un, I, get, I get it as, as much as any, any of you. It's not about doing more and working harder because that just leaves us in this cycle of fatigue, of earning and striving and burden and chains, and it's just this ugly prison. It's about fulfilling our purpose for God's glory. And you are wonderfully made. And you are God's workmanship. And he has created you for purpose and destiny. And the only way to fulfill it is walking with him. What does it look like? Let me read one more verse and then Pastor Ron's going to come and close us this morning. Micah chapter 6 verse 8. Micah 6 verse 8. But he's already made it plain how to live. What to do. What God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. That's Micah 6.8 in the message translation. What does that look like this week? Don't leave here and say, oh, good message. What does it look like? What are you going to do this week? What's the next step? Let's pray. Pastor Ron, come on. You could close. Father, we just thank you for your word. Thank you, God. You have created us in Christ Jesus. You've formed us, fashioned us, but there, are, there is destiny and purpose. And you've created us to do good works. And God, I just continue to dream of more and more people stepping into who you created them to be, doing the things that you created them to do. Father, seeing walls coming down, seeing barriers busted, seeing Jericho walls tumble, walls of division, Father, coming down. Father, seeing poverty and homelessness, God, continue to, to, be, um, to be just, oh, torn down in the name of Jesus because, because we're serving and helping and blessing and loving and caring for. God, continue to take us out of comfort zones. Continue to make us into uh, the people that you've called us to be. And then, God, help us to operate in these things, being attentive, being engaged, extending ourselves as you lead. And then joy, joy being the ultimate, the ultimate desire of our heart. To see you, <laughs> to see you praised and worshipped, and to hear your, your words, well done, good and faithful servant. 
God, may these things just be landed in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. I want to encourage you to head to newlifecommunity.us and click on the Connect tab for all of your next steps. I'd also love to encourage you to share with us any of the ways that we can be praying on that Connect card as well. Until next time, take care, everyone.